0: Audacious Compassion, Episode 22. Two spaces per tab. Toothpaste, and lemonade,
1: polka dots, and stripes. You're a dark.
0: And welcome to Audacious Compassion, a podcast where we explore how to find compassion in the most difficult places in daily life. I'm Melissa. And I'm Gregory. And today we'll be talking about bike shedding, where people focus on an interesting detail of a problem instead of the big picture. So, Gregory, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty well. My life recently, Uh my my most recent epiphany,
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: has been almost the reverse of what we're talking about. I Well, so,
1: Mm -hmm. I often
2: have a tendency to blame some of my systemic difficulties in life on transient momentary issues. So like, well, as soon as I get done with this project at work, things will be much easier. Yeah. Or, well, you know, we've got this trip coming up. And that's really stressing me out right now. But I'll be able to calm down a whole lot more when it's done. Yep. And, I mean...
0: Very common thing to do. Yeah.
2: But I've got chronic depression and anxiety. (laughs) Like, I am am absolutely diagnosed, medicated for it. And that's not true. Like, I'm always going to find a thing to stress about. Yeah. And so, if I am going to make changes in order to make my life more pleasant... Mm Mm-hmm. Then they're going to be things that are everyday, like they're gonna be uh. stuff about my normal life, not about whatever is happening this month, but mm-hmm. what's happening this year, yeah, and I mean, sure, there are gonna be spikes with like you know if if someone's sick that I care about or whatever, mm-hmm. but in general, it's gonna be everyday stuff, and a unit of caring is a is a blog oh. that we've talked about on this on this podcast before
0: always happy to link to that
2: yeah she does some great stuff and uh, she did a post recently that that resonated with me where she talked about load-bearing circumstances in your life where like there are things that you do that keep you going Mm -hmm. that don't don't seem unusual but actually kind of keep you happy even though they might seem trivial so stuff like You walk to work and walk by a lake where there are ducks every morning, or you're able to play music in the afternoons, or you have a certain amount of time to yourself Mm -hmm. each day. And those are the things which don't seem like much, but if they go missing, they can really throw off your life. Right. And that made me think about the, the general idea of like, if your environment is welcoming, Mm -hmm. If your environment is comfortable, then you're just lowering kind of your general ambient stress. Yeah. If you're not having to climb over a mess in order to get to your closet, (laughs) then that's just a little bit more ease in your day. This is kind of connected to, we were talking about do easy, the discipline of DE Mm -hmm. earlier, and that's uh, in an earlier episode. And that's sort of a similar concept of like, it really is the little things but it's the constant little things. It's not yeah. the thing that is like, oh, hey, there's this one pet peeve right. that I'm worrying about. Because I'll always manage to find something that I'm <laughs> stressed about at work or whatever. And you, if I solve one of those, I only solve it for a month.
0: Right. And then it's on to the next yeah. minor crisis. Right.
2: But if I put like my coffee preparation stuff in a better organization, mm-hmm. then I'm just waking each morning and being a little less harried. Right. Uh, so that's, that's what I've been thinking about lately, is keeping that perspective where I'm making sure to focus on important things rather than dramatic changes in my life.
0: Yeah. So how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We have been playing uh, a game we've talked about in the past called Stardew Valley.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Great game. Very chill Which is nice it's a it's a great game to play i'll talk about hockey later but (laughs) while the frenetic nhl playoffs are going on i've got (laughs) Stardew valley on one screen and hockey on the other but they've recently released a beta with co-op mode so you can play with your friends and you all share a farm and you can divide up chores if you want to you can it's a it's a fun way to sort of um, share a space and manage energy a little better and, and things like that one of the common tactics that i see and hear about is to specifically divide the chores so someone's like oh i want to be the farmer and i want I to make wine and pickles that's me um, i've
2: been going into the mines been, and killing yep. stuff and bringing back interesting rocks
0: exactly and our third friend has been uh, sort of the livestock person And through a mixture of like that hyper focus on what we're interested in and sort of some fluctuation in who's playing at any given time, like you've played less than we have. Yeah, I I tend to find it
2: a little more intimidating, I think, to just like, let's spend a few hours being in quiet, idyllic paradise (laughs) where I'm worried I might fall asleep.
0: Also, you got VR recently. So yes, yeah, which tried... <laughs> I will be talking about
2: later. So I've got other things uh, begging for my attention. Yes,
0: things that are a little more sensory intense. Um, but as a result of this sort of like divided focus and each of us doing what we each find interesting, we're kind of having some trouble with large scale projects. So you need to, you know, you need we've,
2: to. We've got some large scale projects
0: that we're doing. Right. Exactly. Oh, like that watering can you left at the upgrade Look,
2: thing. <laughs> That wasn't my watering can. I know. was Lucy gave me her watering can (laughs) to go drop off. And And here we are. We don't don't need to talk about what happened next.
0: (laughs) Days. You know, you need to amass larger amounts of money for things like upgrading your house or buying more animals and things like that. And if you don't have a clear consensus on what resources need to be gathered and how much money you need to be piling up, it doesn't tend to happen. Or it tends to take longer, or you tend to always be asking, "Wait, can I buy more seeds?" Or are we using this? Is this money already yeah. allocated for a thing? It's like a bad family budget where no <laughs> one knows where the money's going. <laughs> and so it's fine, like it's whatever. It's just a different kind of game than my solo one, which is very regimented. I might, in fact, have a one note page <laughs> for my Stardew Valley when, game. When you get
2: into a game, you.
0: Fallen London has two whole sections because I have two different characters.
2: <laughs> you make sure that you do the game correctly, even when there is not uh, necessarily a correct way to do the game. To
0: be fair, though, I am cheating in Sturdy Valley in my solo game.
2: Yes, but you're cheating correctly. Look. <laughs> most, the most efficient cheating.
0: That is kind of true.
2: <laughs>
1: yep. Right?
0: So it's fun, but it is um, it's a little disorganized. And you've, you've just got three people merging their game styles. Two and a half people Merging their game styles. Hey,
2: well, that's <laughs> actually probably statistically true.
0: <laughs> so, there's that. So, this month's discussion of bike shedding was sort of brought up by a couple of different discussions that have come up in a D&D game.
2: Yeah, so I, I run a Dungeons & Dragons game every other week yeah. for, for some friends in my in my house. And what would it be, a week and a half ago at this point?
0: If we're only talking about the most recent. The most
2: recent one was a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. We had some people over, and we only had three of the normal six folks. Yeah, and we didn't end up playing. We ended up just you know eating dinner and then chatting for right. a, several hours.
0: And usually, political discussions with this group are fascinating because one of the people is, I believe, what's the th- a constitutional fundamentalist? Like, yeah, like decently,
2: a- quite conservative in a. ...principled conservative sense, not in a right. following-everything-the-Republican-Party-does sense. Right. Um, and libertarianly means... And you and I are, you know, social justice-loving socialists.
0: Right. Um, so it makes for interesting and nuanced discussion, usually. Because yeah, um,
2: everyone genuinely is that mythical thing you hear about where they seem to be coming from a relatively caring perspective. Right.
0: And, and how, that, how that should play out in the terms of government... It's different.
2: Yeah, genuinely discussing in good faith and all right.
0: that. Yep. Uh, so usually that that's interesting, and I, I I think it was all. I don't I don't think I would say the last discussion was not interesting.
2: <laughs> I, I mean I think it was interesting, but yeah. it was it was one of those where kind of at some point we just kind of went oh
0: hmm, hmm, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So what happened was we often talk about things like healthcare just as a what in the world should a, should American healthcare look like.
2: I guess we talk about things that we can all agree are bad, are broken in some way.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we we don't tend to talk much about race relations or LGBTQ. In part because
2: Um, I I think you and I are the only ones who would consider themselves particularly well-versed in one of those. This is true.
0: So, as we're talking about healthcare, we end up down this path of a particular detail of talking about the obesity problem in America, which is significant specifically type 2 diabetes which again significant and the problem of fat people in hospitals eating unhealthy food so called we... specifically by a, a healthcare care professional that is known among by one yeah
2: that's that's a friend of one of the yeah one of the people in the discussion and it was one of those things where we we went rather quickly from how do we organize a healthcare system that that keeps people alive and doesn't bankrupt the country, and drilled very quickly down to well, what do you do about fat people who won't stop eating? Right. Which
1: isn't.
0: It, it, it was like the reason we are silent right now is because it was just it was like okay, here we are, and now we're talking about lifestyle decisions. But smokers are okay, but fat people aren't. Yeah. And it was it was a difficult conversation. Uh, so I'm fat. I'm very fat. Mm-hmm. I, in this good faith discussion, I did not want to perceive myself as targeted.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the people involved, hmm. <laughs> the people involved at least do not think that they are singling people out, I think.
0: I think so too. But in the moment, that is something I'm having to constantly remind me of, that this person is looking me in the eye and essentially telling me fat people should die for being fat, or should die if they cannot fix themselves quickly Yeah. Enough.
2: Poor fat people
0: Poor fat should die. people should die. And um, it,
2: it touched pretty closely to me, too, because I'm trans. I, I'm dating a person who has had trans-related surgery. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that often is pointed out is like, oh, well, this is this elective thing. Right. Like, here's this surgical procedure that, you know, you might commit suicide because you're in a bad position in life if you don't get. But, you know, you... Lifestyle. Yeah.
0: Right. So that's that's one thing that's happened. And then previously we've had... Same group, different person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: someone who I think just amidst talking about, rather apropos of nothing, but, but maybe talking about sort of general social issues, will bring up there's a Chappelle, Dave Chappelle stand up routine, I have not watched because of this, uh, in which he goes down some road of bashing on trans people who do not politely enough request that their pronouns be used. Mm-hmm. And so this person is in your house, yeah. a trans person's house, does not use your pronouns.
2: Right. Knows that I'm they, doesn't, right. is does inconsistent.
0: Right. And brings this routine up repeatedly in a discussion about other social issues. And again, it's one of those things where it's like hard not to feel targeted. And maybe we are, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
2: <laughs> or, um, or, I mean, I think at the least we probably remind them of these things.
0: Right. Even though I do not have diabetes. <laughs> not every fat person has diabetes. Good grief. Right. And so it's one of those things where, like, what do you do when you're in this discussion? And you're like, yeah, let's talk about how we should be allocating money for keeping people alive. How do we help poor people in West Virginia in a very rural setting and also help poor urban people and also appropriately tax people who make a lot of money? hmm for varying values of a lot of money. Let's, you know, like, what yeah. are, what is that number? Yeah,
2: what is a lot of money? <laughs> what is, what is an appropriate amount of money to start taxing people exorbitantly?
0: Right, and these are all broad things that, like, we perhaps all have anecdotal evidence of things also, right? Like, sure. we know people who live in all of these various scenarios, and so parts of those things resonate with us individually, but we're also all geeks, interested in the politics of the larger systems we
2: read stuff
0: we read things we listen to podcasts right so we're really interested in this stuff and so how do you not get angry how do you not feel targeted how do you how do you have that interesting discussion when someone is interested in a very specific part of that discussion all of a sudden
2: yeah and you see this in gun control people talk about oh well people don't understand guns or uh, you know, we need to be able to defend ourselves in case we need to do an armed revolution against the against the totalitarian government. And so right. like,
0: which I laugh, but I'm not. Yeah, I understand I that. I understand that, I understand that yeah.
2: perspective. But On the other hand, that's such a unlikely and small part right. of the whole discussion.
0: And th- folks would also say that, like, focusing on school shootings is also hyper focused, right. right? Yeah,
2: because you know, in terms of total number of even total number of deaths by guns, mm-hmm. school shootings are tiny,
0: right? And this happens, this happens all the time. And this happens in technical conversations when you're talking with colleagues at work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you'll be like, okay, let's talk about this broad architectural question. And, and then they're like,
2: <laughs> two tabs, two spaces per tab, not four spaces uh. per
0: tab. <laughs> and you just want to be like, uh, okay, later. Let's, yeah. When we're in the weeds, we can let's have discuss this. discuss everything else. And
2: this is this is a thing that it has a name in technical yeah. context, which is bike shedding. Mm-hmm. The idea is that if you're discussing about, like, the major architectural concerns of designing a new office complex. Mm -hmm. If everyone wants to talk about the color that you paint the shed where you park your bikes, that's because that's an easy thing, and that's a thing that's interesting and would kind of affect them. They can imagine themselves parking their bike or walking past a shed full of bikes (laughs) and being like, well, that's ugly or that's pretty. Right. Whereas really what you need to care about is like, the proper pitch of the ground for proper drainage (laughs) and how many
0: bathrooms do you have yeah
2: (laughs) and i think there's this human tendency to to especially when you're dealing with a complicated problem Mm -hmm. that does not have an easy solution Mm -hmm. you we want to focus on oh well i know this part right and then we tend to drill down and say well i know that this aspect of it should work this way Mm -hmm. like People shouldn't be able to eat Bojangles in a a hospital and then get treated for obesity that same day. Right. And then, like, extract that back out and extrapolate into the whole system Mm -hmm. as if the whole decision should be based on this one little detail.
0: Exactly. Except that what often happens is the conversation never manages to zoom out, in part because that is a broken way to try and solve it like right. know, like the welfare queen idea is yeah. exactly that you are like oh how do we provide social services for the country well there are people who are gonna abuse it
2: and, and even if you believe the the fiction that that there is that sort of abuse going on it's such a small it would be such a small percentage
0: right and so once you have like solved for this hyper specific case It's almost impossible to regeneralize that because then you constrain
2: the whole discussion based on some weird outlier.
0: Right, then you're talking about people who have interesting lifestyles die, and then you're like, "Well, who decides?" Are you saying insurance companies get to say that because I drive a car instead of taking public transit that if I get in a car accident, like it just doesn't work? (laughs) Yeah, and so the conversation stalls, and you often it's easy to end up feeling misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Um, It's often easy to end up feeling targeted. It's easy to end up feeling like everybody else is foolish. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Like I like I know that that person who said those things, one pretty empathetic person in general, Mm -hmm. compassionate. But more importantly, like they're a smart person who thinks about systems, right? Like there's no. I think a
2: person who respects you personally.
0: Sure. It it, there's just sort of this cognitive dissonance in Mm -hmm. this conversation, right? Of having like this person that I know can think about systems, get stuck in this well. And we all do this. Yeah. And we all, and like, how do you extract yourself from that? And
2: from the other side, if you've got this, this thing that you're focused on, that's this small aspect of it, it feels like this is the, well, if you ask a seven year old, they'll tell you, you have to deal with this problem. Mm -hmm. And if you can't deal with this simple, small part of it, Mm -hmm. then your whole system is bad. Right. And we, we don't like accepting that solutions that apply to an entire large system. Mm hmm won't explain every situation right. they, they there will be pl- inefficiencies there will be places which they fall by the wayside mm-hmm. and it's not so much how do you deal with this and this and this it's which of these things is it okay mm-hmm. if someone gets to get away with a thing right or if hey or
0: if someone gets to die
2: yeah i mean no no healthcare system is going to keep 100 of the people alive right someone is going to be in some situation where they don't get treated Right. And that's awful.
1: Right, right.
2: But it's going to happen. Yep. There is no system that will handle everyone. And so the question is, at what point do you say this is good enough? Right. For now. For now. Like, maybe you get better in the future. Yep. But
0: and, and that is the that is usually the part where philosophy, various philosophies and perspectives make the conversation stop. If You ask someone who believes in a very literal reading of the Constitution, and that government should be small, what to do about healthcare? at some point, a socialist and that person are gonna hit an impasse. Yeah. And they're gonna part ways friendly like because we're human beings and we understand that there are different solutions to yeah, I mean, the problem. Unless right?
2: you're going to other someone dramatically, yeah. at some point you're like, Oh well, I guess we are coming from different premises. Right.
0: And thank you for and for teaching me something, right? Like there's yeah. there's usually education there. I learn something all the time anyway.
2: But often what you learn is why someone thinks something that you think is wrong.
0: So Sometimes. I often don't understand. So I understand the theory of a lot of these stances, because Mm -hmm. I took a civics class or two in high school. But I don't, those don't always teach you exactly how that plays out in a real world scenario, right? Healthcare now is not what it was in mumble something when I was in high school. Yeah. So now we have Obamacare. Okay, now we're living it. We're right. living with $500 We're no longer, per month.
2: Yeah. We're never <laughs> discussing what is the ideal situation. We're right. always discussing, here's what we have now, what's the next step?
0: Right, and to and to hear that through the voice of someone who has chosen that as their philosophy mm-hmm. is different. It's like religion is different when you talk to a person who lives it rather yeah. than examining the sort of generics of, whatever the religion is. It's the good
2: old stereotype versus specifics thing.
0: Right. And you know, you take it with a grain of salt because it is one person. Right. But those are hard conversations to have. I found myself with the obesity thing in particular. I think I did a good job of sticking with arguing the broad point of how does this scale out? What about smokers?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Especially since this person's parent is a smoker. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about, right, like, like, what does this look like? Are you actually saying you're okay with these people dying? Potentially, right? Like we're talking lost limbs, all the diabetes right. things that yeah. are just heinous. And trying to frame that as these people are human, these people have made choices that made sense to them at the time, or they perhaps did not have as many choices as we like to think yeah. they did. And I think it did an okay job in that situation, but it was definitely something I had to I had to kind of pause some of the arguments I wanted to make,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or not say, are you effing kidding me right now? Yeah. <laughs>
2: And one of the gross things about those sorts of discussions is, very often, the uh, groups that are singled out are groups that lack power in society. Right. It's it's only in a few of these sort of political discussions where you're like, well, you know, the people who have power are the real problem here. Right. Almost always it's this specific group
0: mm-hmm. who is... And I, I will say that, I mean, we do talk about the rich or the powerful or whatever. Sure. Yes. Um, they're often not at the table. <laughs> And so it it is easier to get consensus on that standpoint than it is about people who are more likely to be minorities or or other groups. But with regards to like the trans stuff, I'm not going to be able to convince that person that rudeness or perceived politeness is a power dynamic that they are participating in.
2: Yeah. I'm just not. Especially since some people's personalities are such that they are... Fine being callous.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think you and I are not that way.
0: Sometimes. I think,
2: I mean, I think (laughs) we certainly have impulses to be rude or mean, but I think that we have strong impulses that go the other way too.
0: Right. Learned impulses, I think. Both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Both ways. And so as far as, like, I'm trying to think of like, in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. I tried to stay calm i tried to distract myself i used some of the tactics we've talked about before right like having something to fidget with mm-hmm. or like i think when we talked about the temper we talked about like get up and walk around yeah. if it doesn't seem threatening or and
2: definitely this the this self-empathy of like oh what am i feeling why am i feeling this way okay it's perfectly like yeah. that's a perfectly justified feeling i'm having right. i don't need to let it rule me
0: right and sort of reminding myself of the context in which this conversation is happening which is one of a certain amount of trust, one in which I'm going to see these people again in two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not time to burn bridges.
2: One uh, in which you can easily escape yes. and get to a safe place.
0: I could have, I also could have put up a boundary yes. and said, I think I could have said, okay, I think we're done with this. Let's... Yeah, and
2: I think that just knowing that you can say, let's stop talking about this now, right. and everyone would be like,
0: okay. It would have been awkward, but it yeah. would have been just fine.
2: But saying that, knowing that that is true means that you can be more okay with continuing because right. you, you're you not being coerced into this right. as strongly.
0: And I could have put in just a really bad segue to something else, <laughs> which I might, I might Speaking have Speaking
2: of diabetes, have any of you tried those
0: new... <laughs> that would have been a bad segue tell you as a fat person (laughs) when you're when you're trying to escape a conversation about fatness bringing up anything about food or caloric intake or exercise is not the way to do it fair enough (laughs) so yes trying to stay calm trying to stay in the moment i'm not on the internet right like there's no screen of anonymity here yeah that is protecting that person from my judgment and vice versa. Yeah. So if you choose to lash out, you are looking someone in the eye and doing so. Mm -hmm. Um, So those all helped me in that scenario. How are you handling like this, this whole pronoun thing is very interesting to me. So you, if I can talk about your coming out a little bit, you came out in 2014 or 2015.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think I declared my pronouns first and then yes. called myself trans later.
0: Right. So it has been four years. Mm-hmm. All but one of the people in this game have been in this game for all four of those years. Mm-hmm. You have made two mentions of it at the table.
2: I often wear a skirt.
0: You often wear a skirt. I always call you they.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I sometimes subtly correct people on it.
2: We very frequently have pronoun discussions about fictional D&D characters. And right. Like, oh, well, let's see, do they have a gender yet? Okay, they're, they're yeah, they're, they are.
0: Right. So it's 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 an environment in which by and large, I think, these folks are choosing to either not be observant or to not address you in the way you want to be addressed. Yeah. Right. Like, there's some choice there.
2: And I think, I think that's a situation where I guess is, is actually the inverse of this, where There's this detail that I consider important, and I think if you consider someone's feelings important, this would theoretically be important to you. Yeah. But which is uncomfortable, which is unfamiliar, it's not something that comes easily to a lot of folks who haven't been around, a lot of trans folks.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so the easy path in this case is to not look at that detail, and to just, you know, Treat this like a normal conversation where you look at a person and know what their pronoun is. Yeah. And, which of course is is not the normal situation, right? You never know. That's part of the, the whole thing about gender being weirdly constructed and very recently constructed in the way that we think of it. Right. It's just easier to not pay attention to that.
0: Except that then they bring up that routine.
2: Right, because they've got this friction. They've got this this thing this tension that they're holding as part of this conversation where they know that this is going on and and are probably constantly a little on edge being like am i am i gonna get yelled at in the case of the person who really doesn't want people to to be rude about having him treat them with common human decency and we should
0: do an episode on common sense and how it's not common yes because it's incredibly cultural
2: yep since that is sort of in the air, it's this this topic that they are consciously or subconsciously avoiding,
1: mm-hmm. I think
2: that that will come up more. Yeah. And I think that it's probably actually a good impulse to want to air the room, to want to talk about the things that are bugging you. Yeah. I don't know that, that the right way to do it is to bring up an oddly coincidental thing that just happens to be about the suspect group that you're not admitting verbally the person in the room is. But uh-huh. I think that that... And that, to do
0: so multiple times. Right.
2: I think that impulse is is something that kind of can be teased out and, and encouraged. And unfortunately, it's often the case of the kind of the person being targeted Yeah. or or adjacent using targeted as, is a very it is it's value neutral term ah uh, I'm using it I'm trying to use it value neutral okay
0: it's not a value neutral yes. term
2: <laughs> the person the person that's that's sort of
0: under the lens the,
2: the, yeah under the lens they're unfortunately often in the position of doing the meta conversation shift and being like hey you are mentioning fat people a lot you know <laughs> right so yeah
0: I yeah. don't think there's a way for me to have dropped in that conversation you all well, fat people don't have diabetes right
2: yeah i mean i think he did it made a noble effort of of calling out the fact that we yeah. were talking about fat people as if there wasn't a fat person right there uh, yeah i mean it's it's gonna this sort of thing is gonna happen
0: yeah oh totally and i certainly cannot say it is the way our brains work i am not any sort of sure. psychologist or neuroscientist but it seems a very common pattern of behavior yeah and we have to be able to adapt. Sometimes it can just be listening, letting them vent about that.
2: I think naming what's going on is is useful.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's I think true. just
2: being like, well, you know, as a trans person, as a fat person, I think this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You can at least make everyone know that you know. Yeah. That this conversation is relevant to you, right. and that can change how people talk about. It. At least be considerate and less hurtful. Right. Yeah people do that people want to focus on a specific thing that's nagging at them
0: Mm -hmm.
2: when they're dealing with a big systemic issue yep you see that with trans bathroom things with gun debates with
0: my old boss who said that fire departments should be abolished because it doesn't work in some counties that don't have enough money to have one around regularly yeah like okay like yeah okay (laughs)
2: I don't like the term human nature.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that doesn't mean anything.
2: But it's one of those things where, in my experience, is very common. Yeah. And something you have to be able to deal with rather than, within the next decade, being able to abolish society-wide.
0: <laughs> right, yeah.
2: So what have you been inspired by lately?
0: <laughs> I have been watching a lot of hockey. Uh, NHL hockey, specifically. It is the playoffs for the Stanley Cup. First Stanley Cup series game is the twenty eighth. So I normally watch hockey during the regular season. Just
2: uh, interesting because you're a kid from relatively southern states. I
0: am, and I'm not. I am not one for team sports as an individual. <laughs>
2: Was it was it just that you worked a place where you could get cheap box seats at a hockey game?
0: Yes, for our our AHL American Hockey League, like the minors here in Charlotte, and yeah, we get like five dollar tickets. So a friend and I went decently regularly
2: because you know you could pay five dollars and get like the VIP treatment, like mm-hmm. elevator yeah. operator which and all that, which is weird, weird and creepy and but.
0: classist, and oh God. Anyway, so yeah, I like the sport um, quite a lot. I, this might feed in from, like, my... F- I used to watch a lot of figure skating. <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: know. I mean, it's it's a cool mode of locomotion.
0: <laughs> right. So the playoffs are going on right now. I didn't watch much in the beginning of 2018 because we were finishing up Majesty of Colors. Yeah. And big project. Huge project. Really stressful. And hockey... It, it was not the right kind of background noise to have, yeah. which sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It wasn't in January, February, so on. So I'm kind of catching back up. But this also means I let a lot of my podcasts about hockey slide, which mm. I guess I will confess here that I listen to podcasts about hockey. I did
1: not know that. So that's a dramatic <laughs> confession.
0: <laughs> and some of them were fan casts, like they're teams that I don't even particularly follow, but I enjoyed hearing the details and catching the names and things like this and the, the general excitement. And enthusiasm. And so one of the things that, that's interesting about it is the amount of random ass punditry. So you look at these teams and you say, why is this team succeeding? Yeah. It's like, it's like horse betting. Like no one knows. Yeah. Is it these three star players? Is it the goalie? Is it the new coach? What is it? And whichever way the wind is blowing, it's going to be a different reason.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that a group that we've mentioned here before, 538 people. hmm were became real well known for kind of in baseball being like well here's statistically what actually matters and it was not what the typical consensus
0: was yep they only cover hockey very little unfortunately it's a shame they did talk about the vegas knights like is it really that remarkable that they're making it this far yeah dude it is anyway um (laughs) (laughs) There's this hyper focus on details to the point that nothing that these people say <laughs> means anything. <laughs> it's just this noise, and if you if you track it over the course of the season, you're like, oh, what is how are the Washington Capitals doing? I listen to a, the Russian Machine Never Breaks is a podcast, that um, it's pretty good they're total fanboys and it's like first it's this and then they suck and then they're good and then they suck and it's oh it's this person it's this and and it's just like where's the trending like they don't seem
2: to have any sort of consistency over the course of the season and don't even seem to realize that
0: yeah um they they, they're starting to kind of catch like now that they're in the playoffs and stuff they're like oh i guess we were wrong but it's i don't know it's just this weird uh hyper-focused thing and i'm not involved in any other sports but i think this happens everywhere when i see the bobbing heads on espn in the break room at yeah. work they're talking about draft picks and should it have been a 23rd or a 13th or whatever i don't understand
2: yeah but, that, but about the closest i can come to being useful in this discussion is this <laughs> talk about the overwatch professional oh league my God. So.
0: <laughs> and i mean i think video games journalism suffers. oh from sure yeah the,
2: like business trends
0: and yeah. stuff like that yeah what will E3 be like this year? Yeah. No one's going to show up. Everybody's going to show up. As far as inspiration goes, um, I generally find hockey to be fun and very competent. And like, while people are like, oh, this player isn't doing well this year. I'm like, ah, uh, this player is... like, This is a professional hockey player, right? Like, These people set their bar on what a good hockey player is so high that mm-hmm. they can critique everybody. Whereas I am, I am still, and maybe this is naive, I am still just like, Holy crap. Look at these people play. Look at their athleticism. And I
2: mean, part of it probably comes from you coming in in the minor leagues where your average player, I assume, in the pro NHL league Mm -hmm. is a top notch star player from a minor league perspective.
0: Right, yes. Um, And there's there's this weird feeding team system thing going on that's weirdly exploited. Exploited, yeah. Um, But, so I don't know. It's just, it's really fun to watch. It's something that, like, I don't have a large circle of friends that partake in it. We've had one get-together. We're watching one playoff game. We're going to watch one of the Stanley Cup games next weekend. So it's fun. I like it. What's been inspiring you?
2: Well, so I (laughs) have become lost on the virtual zone.
0: You have. I I I see things pop up on Steam. It's like, weirdos and whatever. Yeah.
2: So, I bought uh, an HTC Vive, which is one of the major powerhouse virtual reality systems. It's expensive. Uh, Mm -hmm. I am lucky to be able to afford it. Yes. Because it's not just the, the hundreds of dollars of hardware, but it's also... The stuff you need to support the virtual reality system.
0: Mm-hmm. So faster CPU, yeah. more memory, better mm-hmm. video card.
2: But it really is a fascinating thing. It's an experience that I don't like the idea of getting excited about the latest trend and getting into hype and
1: stuff. Yeah.
2: But this there really is something different about virtual reality that makes it feel different in video games or in other experiences mm-hmm. than, than a kind of a flat screen experience. Yeah.
0: Which makes sense, right? Like the sensory yeah. input is different, yeah. your interactions are different.
2: And one of the things that I've noticed, especially as a, as a game designer, is how little people seem to be taking advantage of what is different about this system. Mm. And part of it is just that because it's expensive,
0: mm-hmm.
2: there's a very small like customer base. Yep, Very few people have VR systems. So VR games have to be expensive, relatively. Right. A game that would be $5 if it were on Steam as a, as a regular flat-screen game would be $20 right. as a VR game.
0: And I would say, if I had just spent uh, over $1,000 or something getting everything rigged up for VR, I'm going to be stingy about how much I spend on games because I just expended a lot of money. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and so there's that weird thing. And so people are going to tend to be very risk-averse
0: mm-hmm. and people make being
2: game developers. game developers and game players True. like everyone is going to want to be like well this seems like a good reliable safe bet <laughs> which is weirdly if you're in this thing that if you have adopted it this early you're surely thinking it's this dramatic new right wave yeah and yet you're being like i'm gonna make sure to make and play the same old games yep there's so many games which are about shooting things with guns And not even, like, the fancy plot-driven spectacle games that tend to be popular these days, but, like, we're a bunch of people who get in a room and try and shoot each other with guns. Oh. Or I'm going to stand in one place, and a bunch of enemies are going to show up, and I'm going to shoot them with guns. Like Like a a shooting gallery. Yes, (laughs) shooting gallery. Exactly. Shooting galleries are an enormous part of these games. And it's especially weird to me because the things that seem so different... About VR to me are a the presence, the mm-hmm. sense of presence, the sense that you are in a space mm-hmm. that like you're being surrounded.
0: Your at. eyes can track things. Yeah, you can yep. look
2: around. You can pay attention to details. I can I can spend fifteen minutes just looking around a space in virtual reality that in a normal flat screen game I just walk past. Right. Because it's like oh hey the the pattern of these leaves is more interesting. <laughs> And the other thing is just that you're depending on so much about the the human body and the human, like, sensory processing system
1: mm-hmm.
2: that isn't engaged in a flat screen game. Yeah. So I've been playing a lot of a game called Beat Saber, which is a, it's a, it's a rhythm game. It's a Dance Dance Revolution sort of game where you've got two, really, they're not lightsabers, don't sue us. Yeah. Weapons. <laughs> and you're trying to slice through blocks in rhythm with a song. Mm-hmm. And one of the, really it looks really
0: cool. We'll, we will link to a video. Yeah, it's, it's it's
2: it's beautiful. It's a lot of fun. I really like it. It's yeah. getting me exercising, which is which is cool. <laughs> um, but one of the things about it that is just this weird, weirdly novel experience is seeing a block pass by that you haven't you didn't get in time, and doing a wild swing behind your back ah. and cutting it in half and, and not missing it.
1: Nice and the
2: ability to to just depend on the human body's prior perception to just slice something mm-hmm. that's out of view to know where things are around you. Yeah, that's a thing you just can't do. Right. In flat screen games, like you have to be really, really, really good at video games to be able to spin around and target something that's yeah. out of your view. Right. Whereas that's like trivial. That's common nature in really, actually, common nature. Like. <laughs> If you have a typical limbic system, you can do this. Right. And so few games seem to be taking advantage of that sort of thing. Taking advantage of these things that your body understands how to do, that your senses understand how to perceive, Mm -hmm. and putting those in a situation where you feel like you're part of a room. And instead, they're doing things like shooting galleries, where lining up the sights on a gun. Is, chat rooms. Yeah, or chat rooms, right? Like, yeah. chat room is a thing... You, Discord servers exist. They're, you can chat with people regardless. And <laughs> the fact it's not that like you Second can,
0: Life.
1: <laughs> yeah, the
2: fact that you can puppet around an avatar really isn't all that interesting, to me, at least. Mm-hmm. And likewise, lining up the sights of a gun and shooting someone isn't a natural action. Right. Like, it's, it is a learned behavior. It means that you're not taking advantage of... Yeah, the instinctual stuff that you can,
0: and you will have life. a much more interesting experience if you go do that physically. By far, the yeah. light—I what the wizard thing where I was trying to line up a crossbow to shoot. Yeah, like I, my hand was way too high for There's this. There's not a and,
2: sense of weight. There's not right. uh, a physical feedback of, of the weapon pushing you back or anything like that. Right, and so it
0: it lacks physicality in specific ways that make it bad for just porting things over certain kinds of things
2: yeah and i mean beat saber is not actually about swords it's about dancing right and the swords are just a way to guide that dance yeah
0: and by being lightsabers laser sabers they avoid you would not expect a lightsaber to be heavy
2: yeah they're they're they're, they're they're avoiding (laughs) this you're not depending on any existing sense of this is how this should feel and it doesn't right so that's a that's a thing where like people are presented with this at least in my pie-in-the-sky view, amazing new opportunity to make art. And they're focusing on, well, people like games about guns.
0: So we're making that game, right? Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Lissa has a very good concept for a game that uh, I think would work well in VR. A
0: sentence I would like written on the the ceiling somewhere on the sky, because I do not have as many game ideas as you have.
2: It's fortunate you can focus on some of them (laughs) instead of trying to make every single one of them. So, yeah, it's fascinating i'm interested to see how it turns out i hope that it doesn't turn out to be a flash in the pan thing that just kind of goes away after a few years
0: yeah it's already been around for a few years yeah so we'll see so we've been talking about bike shedding we've been talking about hyper focus on details inability to, to solve system problems
2: when the system is is tricky it's almost comforting to go down and go into a space that seems familiar and emotionally resonant and mm-hmm. and s- simple
0: right yep
2: and i mean systems aren't simple people aren't simple right and i think to a certain extent we have to break things down into digestible portions
0: mm-hmm. and that is i mean there's a lot of i, I certainly in software engineering and presumably it cribbed it from actual engineering <laughs> almost everything about architecture is do you start at the top and drill down or do you start at the bottom and build up Mm -hmm. like that all of architecture is philosophies around how to solve these problems and in which direction
2: but in order to do that the right way that takes practice
0: yep it takes practice it takes skill it takes messing up it takes being wrong you know (laughs) yeah
2: and i think that i will try to focus on my own behavior and see where i am maybe making a pet topic of mine and mm-hmm. what this whole system is about even though it's much more complicated than that
0: yeah same here
2: and i guess hopefully this one seems a little trickier to me i will remember that that's kind of how other people are doing that sort of thing too
0: yep well gregory thank you for talking to me today
2: and thank you for talking to me
0: and thank you all for listening this has been audacious compassion if you have a question or prompt for discussion, please submit it to us at averyweir.net. That's A-V-E-R-Y dash dot net. You can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Audacious Cast, and we'd greatly appreciate your likes and follows. Please take a moment to rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you spreading the word is the best way for us to expand our audience. I have... A personal question to toss here at the end. Oh no. So I am going to Germany at the end of this year, shortly before Christmas. That's exciting. It's I'm so excited. Uh, it is my younger sibling's first time leaving the country. And so, if any of our listeners have suggestions for Christmas market time things that one should do in Nuremberg, uh, this could be anything from food to museums to just things that... I don't know, Americans who have never been to Germany should do, let us know in the comments or find me on social media or something like that. I would love to hear ideas. So, I'm Melissa Avery Weir, and I can be found at MelissaAveryWeir at Mastodon.social.
2: And I'm Gregory Avery Weir, and I can be found on Twitter at Gregory Weir.
0: And together, we run a video game studio called Future Proof Games, which you can visit at futureproofgames.com. Our theme music is Invisible Light by Josh Woodward, available under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. Talk to you later.